the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon here. I have a great show for you today, as I always intend to have for you any day. But this show, I have Stan Campbell with CCW Safe joining us again. Stan, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Phil. And on the line, calling in from Oklahoma, I actually have Mike Darter, the CEO of CCW Safe. Both Stan and Mike uh, own CCW Safe. They're a great sponsor of the show, but. More so than being a sponsor, they're a great service, and we are going to talk today about people getting their CCWs, not only what happens when you get one, how to get one, but um, what happens after you have to do any kind of a self-defense um, action, defending your life, the life of somebody else, whether it's with a firearm or any other instrument or including your hands. CCW Safe is somebody you want to make sure that you talk to about that. So thank you uh, for joining us here, Mike. How you doing? Good. Thank you, sir. Um, appreciate you calling in. Uh, what I'd like to do is, if you could tell us a little bit about CCW Safe, so people who haven't heard about it understand what your company does and the need the need for it. Okay, uh, CCW Safe. We defend uh, concealed carriers who are involved in self defense actions, um, and we cover them. Uh, anything that comes out of that, uh, any uh, legal action, including administrative criminal and civil actions now you said self-defense actions is it limited to just firearms that you cover isn't it no it's not any self-defense incident so if you are mugged and just fought back with your hands you still have this kind of coverage with uh with ccw safe I think that's an important distinction out there, that you're covered for a lot of different things. And, and why it's important that we have coverage for defensive purposes is, you know, a lot of people say, I have an umbrella policy, I've got a, uh, my homeowner's insurance will cover it. And sometimes they may, but in some policies, and probably the majority of them out there, you're not covered for a willful act. That's you're, correct. You're covered for an accident. And the issue is, did you mean to defend your life? And if you meant to, then your insurance company can say, well, that was willful, and that's right here in Clause 1423, Paragraph 6. Um, we exclude willful acts. And so that leaves you high and dry, and you have some low life who you've had to defend your life against. Now you have to defend your financial life against them because they're just going to grab some scumbag lawyer and, and go after you for anything you have. That's true. You have seen that a time or two, have you, Stan? Absolutely. You know, um, the, the thing about it, you know, most people don't understand. You know, and because they're a victim, they believe that um, 
they don't have to, I mean, you know, once you defend yourself, it's over, but it's not. Your second fight begins. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why Mike, you know, came up with CCW Safe and as a service, because as police officers, we're used to having this type of uh, coverage for us, you know, and following the shooting. So um, that's really, really important for people to understand that, you know, there is a death and a homicide investigation is going to be conducted. So you have a criminal allegation and then sometimes a civil allegation or, or civil uh, suit that may follow. How many times is there not a civil suit? You know, believe it or not, um, it's it's not as probable as people think. There are on the civil side, uh, if you are found not guilty on the criminal side, uh, you in most states are, are covered. Um, they won't they won't allow someone to sue you civilly. So it doesn't happen as much as um, people actually think. That's one of the reasons why we concentrate and give you the top notch uh, service and attorneys to take care of your criminal complaint. Very good. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, if uh, Michael, I want to bring you in for your expertise here. And if you want to give your background again, I think people would like to hear it. But let's talk a little bit about what happens in the aftermath of a shooting or a self-defense incident of any kind. Okay. And that, that is one thing with my background. I was in law enforcement for 20 years. Um, I was actually sued in federal court on a shooting uh, that I had as a police officer. Uh, it was <clears throat> thrown out at summary judgment, but it still took me a year and a half to get to that point, um, which you know, probably would have been $150,000, $200,000. Uh, luckily, I was a member of the FOP and uh, the Fraternal Order of Police, and they uh, covered me. They you know, covered all expenses, um, all experts, investigators, all that. And that, that was kind of the, uh, when, when I left law enforcement, that was the foundation of CCW Safe because as Stan said, uh, you can't, we, you know, once you retire, you can't be covered like you are as a police officer with FOP. You have a retirement, uh, retired membership. And so there really wasn't anything out there that would match what we had as police officers. And, and, you know, Police departments across the country have a great set of protocols that cover officer-involved shootings, and they've been uh, improving over the years. So we based our service, uh, you know, we created protocols that could be applied in a civilian marketplace uh, off of the from the protocols that law enforcement currently use. What what are those protocols, Mike? Um, well, they 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 cover everything from uh, the immediately uh, after a shooting. You know, they have immediate peer support. Uh, they're going to have uh, they're going to have coworkers and friends and supervisors all on scene immediately for peer support. Um, they're going to have uh, most of the time they'll have actually a, a attorney from the fraternal order of police if they're a member of the FOP. Now these are all the protocols that are benefit. these are the protocols available for police officers. What what are the protocols you've put in place with oh, for civilians? Okay. Well we, we we have protocols based on the same thing. We're gonna have we have a critical response we have critical response teams that we can call and if we have a member that's involved in a shooting uh, or any, you know, critical self defense incident um, we're going to send that team out, and we have an administrator that that uh, coordinates the administrative side. We have a legal coordinator, which Don West is now our national trial counsel. Uh, 
Yeah, we've uh, had him on the show too before. He was great, great interview. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a great attorney. Uh, you know, everybody knows him from the Zimmerman case, and uh, he is our legal uh, responder and coordinator. So we have a form of peer support, and, and our administrators who respond on the critical response teams are all former law enforcement officers. They've all been through shootings. They've been sued. They've been there. Uh, so they can, uh, and most of them are actually certified in peer support, so they can actually deal with the member on that level on that side. Uh, then we have uh, Don West, who responds on the legal side. Uh, he immediately begins legal triage, and, and uh, he, along with our general counsel, uh, select attorneys, local attorneys, to represent our member. And, uh, you know, that's, that's important to have because if you don't, if you don't have a plan, uh, you, you don't have anything to fall back on. And, um, you know, our critical response teams, uh, I think we're the only actually company who has a critical response team such as that that can go out and immediately assist a member. Um, you know, we had, we had one incident um, last year that occurred, you know, overnight, and within hours we had actually boots on the ground. So uh, an administrator on the ground to start working with our member, with our member's family, um, and, you know, continued uh, into the legal side. So, so that's important to have if you're involved in something like that. You mentioned the legal triage, you know, that uh, Don West can come in and do some legal triage, but your administrators like like Stan here, they have to come in and, and kind of do some triage on some other things. Now, are they able to talk to the shooter afterwards? To the uh, they may, they may not. It depends. Stan, I'll let you okay. talk about that. You know, uh, and, and one of the things that we have to do is, um, especially when you talk about triage, like my job is to coordinate, you know, the efforts that go toward the member. Uh, it's a three-pronged um, uh, protocol a- attack that we do on the actual incident, which is administrative, legal, and investigative. And so we have to decide, um, you know, really um, who is needed for your particular case. And that's what the triage is about. And it happens, you know, simultaneously. So you're going to come in and kind of just order up what's, what's required? Yes, sir. So it, it's almost like a, a critical response uh, commander yeah. who, you know, you know, tries to decide, you know, for Phil what he will need for his shooting case or if it's a use of force. Because you might not need everyone, but we, have, we make sure that you get the right people in place. And I think that's absolutely awesome that you've got somebody there on your side almost immediately. Right. Yes, sir. Almost immediately. And we're going to talk about this when we come back here with with Mike Darter about what happens in the afterwards, the psychological effects and how vulnerable you are, because if you've had to defend your life and I've had to, you know, physically be in some altercations where you have defended my life before. Afterwards, when the adrenaline is leaving your body, you are vulnerable. You are like a shaken bowl of jello. And and it's important that you understand that's going to happen and how to see through it. And we'll be right back here with. Stan Campbell and Mike Darter, CCW Safe, right after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. 
As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hello, folks. Welcome back to uh, Boomstick Radio, Philip Naiman Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our website, firinglineradio.com. You'll see all of our podcasts there. They're available free for download. Matter of fact, only this week they're available free for download, so download them now. I'm not going to charge you next week, but I just thought I'd give you an incentive to actually download them this week. Anyway, hey, but you know, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation revolves around firearms, hunting, gun rights afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. One of our faithful companions in the battle to uphold these rights has been a longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, Bullseye Sport in Riverside, well, shame on you. But you need to go there for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. After you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that's going to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential for the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211, or visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes. Because of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo, they believe in safety first, 951-823-0211. Folks, welcome back to the show here, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, firinglineradio.com. Facebook is Firing Line Radio Show. Joining us here, we have Mike Darter, CCW Safe, calling in from Oklahoma, and Stan Campbell with me in the studio. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hey, sir. Thank hey, you. I wanted to touch real quick um, about the aftermath of a shooting. Let's say that, you know, the bad guy comes in, you have to use deadly force or or at least wound somebody with a firearm. What happens after that? I mean, I've I've been involved in some, some issues in the past, and, and I know what happens. Uh, but, Mike, can you give us the, the real rundown about the, uh, you know, the psychological effects or physiological effects that happen to somebody after they've had to defend their life? Sure. Uh, well, th- there's definitely going to be a sequence of events that happen in every case, which is going to be, you know, the criminal investigation and, and all that. 
um, there are a lot of things that people need to be aware of um, before it gets to that stage, which is going to be directly after, right? So when you're involved in an incident, especially a critical incident, and it may even be a car wreck, and people have probably experienced this, there are different physiological effects that affect your mind and body. Uh, the common with shooting, the most common, and, I, and I've experienced this, is tunnel vision. Um, you know, tunnel vision is, is probably one of the most common where uh, you lose your peripheral vision. Everything focuses on the threat. Um, so, and this is important be, because you may not see things that a witness saw, or you may see things different because you had tunnel vision and your vision was so focused on that threat. Um, same thing with auditory exclusion. Uh, you may not hear, uh, you may not hear gunshots. You may hear just light pops. You may not hear anything at all. When they say how many shots were fired, right? And, exactly. and you say three and there's seven shells on the ground. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And so, so you need to be aware of all this. Um, another common physiological effect is is intense second guessing um and, and everybody wants you especially if you're involved in a shooting and you take a life uh most people their immediate reaction is to try to justify their actions right and they have intense second guessing uh this is something that you really need to be aware of because if you're uh you know, being interviewed and during questioning, this is not the time to let that second guessing come into, uh, you know, into your interview. So that would be a question maybe by the detective when he asks you something like, what should you have done differently? Well, or, or you yourself say, you know, I, this is that I did this and I, I don't know, maybe I could have done this or, you know, I, I should have done this. Right. Uh, that is intense second guessing on your part. Um, so it, it may not even be led by question. It may be just thrown out verbally by by yourself if you're involved in a, a critical incident. And when it comes to um, tunnel vision, you know, one of the things when you're describing it to what you should not say is what was the suspect wearing. Don't say the front sight. Okay, that's that's not the right answer. I would, yeah, that'd be the I wrong answer. You know, Phil, there's a great book by one of our advisors, uh, Doctor Alexis Artwall. Uh, and it's called Deadly Force Encounters, What Cops Need to Know to Mentally and Physically Prepare for and Survive a Gunfight. That's a great book to pick up because she talks about a lot of these things and really breaks it down. Uh, she studied, you know, police shootings for the past 20 years. And it'd be great for your listeners to pick up something like that so they understand it. Can you repeat that again, please? And it's called, um, it's, it's by Dr. Alexis Artwall. And it's Deadly Force Encounters what cops need to know to mentally and physically prepare and survive a gunfight. You know, let's talk physically surviving is one thing, right? People train and that, that happens. And if you're anyway, so physically surviving is one thing, but emotionally surviving, I think this is a great point. Let's look at the guy who's in the news about once every three months with something stupid that he's done. Mm -hmm. um, he survived a physical altercation with the firearm. He had to take a life. Uh, he was found non-guilty, and his life has been an absolute disaster ever since then. And, of course, I'm speaking of George Zimmerman. Absolutely. Um, you want to talk about what, what steps he's fallen down? 
Well, it, it's 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 natural the progression that that he's going through, um, and it's classic of someone that did not have any peer support or a support mechanism in place. Oh, well, less worse than peer support, he was attacked, you know, twenty four seven. Oh, absolutely, a- absolutely. I mean, I mean, he was he was demonized, and you know, when you deal with that, uh, it's not something that a reg- regular person is used to. Um, so you lash out, you act out, um, and you know, and and you can just look at you know his progression or his downward spiral, I, I, I better call it that, uh, in the news. And it's played out, you know, in front of everyone. I mean, his life is over in the way that he knew of it. Yeah, not that he had a great one to begin with. No. <laughs> but it's over no. for sure. I mean, he's out there trying to hawk um, the firearm used in the altercation. I, I saw a news clip where he thinks it's worth $250,000. Yes, sir. He is smoking crack at this point. In time. <laughs> Probably so. But it's just an absolute disaster. I mean, the guy has to defend his life. Mm-hmm. That happens. He's found uh, innocent, or he's found not guilty, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's found not guilty on the altercation, but his life is absolutely disastrous. Is a disaster. It's a minefield afterwards. He can't he can't win for losing. Correct. He can't get it together. And, and a lot of it's his own fault because of the psychological effects that you've seen in these situations. Absolutely. And, and, and a lot of times it's, it's better to, you know, get the information prior to an incident. And that's why, you know, it's good to study and you know, look at some of these books and find out what's going to happen to you. That's one of the things that we do at CCW Safe is we, we inform our, our, our members, you know, through our website and uh, newsletters and series on online series, um, that Mike can discuss about discuss in a few minutes, uh, but we really want to give you the information and and, have, and so that you have an understanding of what you're going to go through if you're involved in a traumatic incident or a critical incident. Okay, Mike, we were talking about the physiological effects. We just left off with intense second guessing. Is there some more after that? Uh, I think those are probably the most common. Uh, there's you know tunnel vision, auditory exclusion, um, intense second guessing. Uh, Stan, I can't think of uh, others. Those, those are It'd be like main... a, um, you also might go through a temporary loss of time and memory, oh, yeah. temporary yeah. loss of motor skills. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it, it absolutely have, I, I have not taken a life in the line of duty. Mike has, and he had to deal with a lot of that himself. So memory. And loss. we've seen this in we've seen this in others too. Yeah, the, the memory loss. I, I remember in mine. I mean, I remember. <laughs> you remember the memory loss. Yeah. <laughs> it, I remember after it happened, thinking, you know, you, you know, what happened. I was trying to to piece it together, and it actually took. Uh, I, you know, once I got home that evening, I was still kind of trying to piece it together what exactly happened, and it took. You know, it took a while, and and they say with with sleep, uh, a lot of law enforcement uses uh, two sleep cycles uh, before they do, uh, you know, full interviews of officer-involved shootings. Yeah, are civilians afforded that uh, that luxury? No, no. That's one thing that we uh, that we you know inform our members of that you know if you are involved in a shooting. You know, you should, you have to identify yourself as a victim, which we'll probably get to in a little bit. But, um, you know, by telling officers, hey, look, I'll be happy to cooperate. I'm totally shaken up right now. Um, I need to settle down, and I'll be happy to give you a full interview, you know, in the presence of my attorney, you know, tomorrow or, you know, whenever I can. Yeah, Phil, and, and, and that's one of the reasons, Phil, that we actually jump in there and we, we try to control that, and we bring in our big guns, Don West, so that we can control when the next when the interview is actually going to happen. Yeah, I think one of the things people need to realize is that there are two weapons involved in this incident. 
Okay, the first one was a firearm or the tool you use to defend your life, and that was to defend your life. The second one is your mouth, and that can only run to the point of hurting, uh, running against you. Correct. So it's important that you realize that you are vulnerable, you are a victim, you need time to respond to these things. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. I'll be right back with my guests, Mike Darter and Stan Campbell, CCW Safe. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hello, folks. Welcome back to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, your happy host. But I want to let you know, if you're a concealed handgun carrier and forced to use your weapon for self-protection or protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. We're talking to the owners right now, uh, Mike Darter, Stan Campbell, and CCW Safe provides a high-quality attorney's expert witnesses and investigators that you're going to need following a critical incident. And they do it all for one low, flat, yearly fee. You have your permit. You continue to train at the range. You must also be prepared in case you're involved in a self-defense incident. CCW Safe has your back. Join CCW Safe today. Log on to CCWSafe.com. That's CCWSafe.com. And come on out to Rahagi Shooting Sports Fair June 3rd, 4th, and 5th and meet two of the CCW Safe founders, Mike Darter and Stan Campbell, our hosts on the show today, at the AM590 booth where they'll be giving out information on what to do following your shooting incident. You defend your life. CCW Safe defends your rights. They defend mine at CCWSafe.com. Folks, welcome back to the show here, guys. I'm really glad you're joining us. I do have in studio Stan Campbell and on the line Mike Darter. Uh, Mike, thank you for coming out here to Rahagi's on June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. You're going to have a great time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You're going to see about 20,000 people showing up at that sports fair over that, those three days. It's it's nice. something that is does not exist anywhere else that I'm aware of. There's that many people, and it just... People out there having a great time. Anyway, I want to talk about a couple of different things. We're talking about CCW Safe. You have coverage for people who are involved in a self-defense incident after the fact. There are certain protocols you want to follow up on. Uh, Stan, you're making some great points there about what to say. You want to carry it from there? Yes, sir. Um, you know, we left off talking about Zimmerman and you know some of the mistakes that were made. Um, you know, we we have a member right now that's going through an incident. Um, and he had a, a, a self-defense shooting, then he's charged with murder. Um, and, and even, you know, the fact that we give this information out and say, you know, don't give too many details, you know, even he 
uh, went ahead and gave a four-hour interview. Which uh, a four-hour immediately following the incident. That's four correct. Hours. Yeah, uh, which of course we don't suggest. We, we want you to give only the details in the presence of your attorney, and and there's a reason for that because you know you feel compelled to, you know, uh, give an excuse and excuse away your actions. And you get, you know, pulled into it and the police will, will let you do it. You know, we are all we're both former police officers and we'll let you dig a hole as deep as you you want. But you've got to remember, you know, just just to really, you know, shut it down, wait, be patient, wait for your attorney and give yourself a you know time to just really, re- you know, recover from the incident and get the details in your mind before you give them out. So what are you compelled to tell an investigating officer? Well, one of the things that um that, that Mike discussed was, uh, you know, the intense second guessing. And you're going to second guess yourself because it's unnatural to take a life. So you're going to think. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're going to you're going to think about, you know, could I have done anything different? Um, you know, did I really see what I thought I saw? And you're not going to remember all those things, you know, especially when, you know, you might have a stone faced cop looking at you that and it, it and to you, it looks like, you know, he's giving you that look like you're lying. So you continue to talk. You might study, you might be nervous and give all the uh, indications that you are being untruthful and it just gets worse. So you can basically take a, a clean situation and cause yourself a mountain of legal issues. Absolutely. So in some cases you've seen. You know, the time frame. So an incident happens today. Boom. Right. Your recommendation is give the basic facts, time, place. Right. Correct. What, what happened? Correct. Hey, they pointed a firearm at me. I evaded I returned fire. The bad guys over there. And Yeah. And, and, and that's actually too much. I mean, if, if you yeah. just, you know, say that, you know, uh, I was attacked. Um, the bad guy has a weapon there. It is there. Uh, I'm, I'm the victim. You start off always saying I'm a victim uh, so that you get that in your head and that you're a victim. Um, the one-time victim mentality actually works for you. Absolutely, and and you know, you know, and, and a lot of guys, it's easier for women, but it's hard for men to fall into the role of a victim. But in a self-defense shooting case, you absolutely have to take on that role because that's what you were—you were a victim of a violent encounter. You didn't start this. No, you didn't start this. Uh, but the, you know, because we're macho, we don't want to tell people we were scared. But it's very important at this time to tell them you were scared. You were afraid for your life. You need to show them the wet spot. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I don't know about the wet spot, Phil, but show them <laughs> the evidence, point out the witnesses, you know, because witnesses that disappear on you. you I mean, you definitely want to get, get that done and let the yeah. officers make their job easy to show that you're innocent. Very good. And, and you also counsel that, number one, this happens, you call the police, right? You ask for ambulance. Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of people, we talked about this before, but it's very important to ask for it. Call 911, ask for police assistance and medical, even if there's nothing wrong with you. If you ask for medical, even for the bad guy, it looks good for you in court later because they're going to try to demonize you. They want to make you look like you were the aggressor. But when they see, hey, he even called an ambulance for the person he just shot. This doesn't look like somebody that was you know, just gunning, looking to take a life. Very good. And then you also want to ask for not to be interviewed without an attorney. Absolutely. So as long as you tell the police, because we are all officers, like I said, if you tell the police that, you know, um, you're a victim, I mean, of course, you're a victim, uh, but you will cooperate and give a detailed, you know, um, interview in the presence of your attorney. As long as they, they know that they can get their job started and they can turn that information over to the investigators. And we're used to that, you know, waiting on an attorney. And actually uh, doing an official interview in front of them. Okay. So your number one thing that you want to say is? 
I, I'm a victim. Um, you know, when you call 911, I'm a victim of a, an incident. I had to defend my life. I need police assistance and medical. That's the first thing you do. Uh, but when they do arrive, uh, you let them know that you're going to cooperate. Uh, if there's evidence that shell casings and such, point them, put those things out. Um, the, the suspect, of course, if he has a weapon nearby, show them where that is. And make sure you keep your eye on that. You really have to. There can be other people on the scene and things disappear. Absolutely. Um, you know, you would be covering the person, you know, with your weapon until the officers arrive. And, of course, you're going to put it up. But at that time, you got to have a soft focus on, you know, what's going on around you. But, you know, really understand where the weapon is so that not one of his friends doesn't come up and take it away. And differently, because it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he had one. Doesn't work very well. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they need to see the evidence. Okay. Um, Bill, yes. I was just going to say, like, like Stan said, one of the things, you know, you have to identify yourself as a victim. That there have been incidents, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of attorneys, a lot of groups out that say, don't say anything, give them your name, you know, date of birth, that's it. The problem is, if that, if you do not clearly identify yourself as a victim, and you lawyer up immediately, police officers, they're done. They're not, they're not even going to talk to you if they want to, because it could jeopardize the case. So if you lawyer up, and what happens, then who are they going to talk to next? If the, if the suspect is alive, they're going to talk to them. And there has been cases, uh, there's one in, in Florida recently, <clears throat> where uh, that happened. And the bad guy, of course, turned the story around and uh, the, uh, the concealed carrier ended up going to jail for like a week. And luckily, uh, they you know, found video footage from a surveillance camera. But you got to think, you know, what at what point do those things turn over? Twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours. If they if they got to that late and didn't get the video of the actual incident, then they would be then the concealed carrier would be have to come back with his story after the fact. Um, so it's important to you have to identify yourself as a victim, like Stan said. Um, that's perfect what he said. Uh, you know. That has to be done, though, because if you don't, the chances are the suspect will Absolutely. Identify, try to identify themselves as a victim. Are you saying that criminals lie? <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they do a little. I think it's in their DNA. Yeah, they continually lie. And so, okay, so it's a, it's a balance is what you're telling me, is you've got a balance between what the police officers need to know and – Messing yourself up down the road. Absolutely. You know, it's it's it would be a good practice as well to when you're on the range, you know, uh, put a couple of rounds into your target and then practice what you would say to the 911 operator. You know, holster your weapon, practice that out in <laughs> here's, between. Yeah, here's the problem with that. If somebody's going to see you at the range. They're going to be in a witness. This guy That's was right. rehearsing this he whole was rehearsing. thing. No. Yeah, it's on video. But, of course, and, and, of course, I'm saying, you know, not, not yell it out. And, uh, <laughs> but say it to thumb. yourself. Say it to yourself so that, you know, you actually practice what, you know, what is to be said, you know, to get it in your mind that I'm a victim. Uh, um, this is my location and so on and so forth. I've had some attorneys on the air before and uh, from, from Michelle and Associates and Bruce Kolodny over here at gunlaws.com mm-hmm. and and they're talking about, you know, when you make the 911 call, one of the things you want to do is give a description of what you're wearing. You Absolutely. know, I, I'm six foot three, I've got a white t-shirt on, I've 
got my boxers and my bunny slippers out front. Correct. uh, Because they woke me up in the middle of the night. Um, You know, give a description of you, description of them. There's been a a shooting incident. Yes, sir. I've been attacked, Mm -hmm. victim. Uh, I send medical help, police force. I'll meet the police officers, blah, blah, blah. Right? Absolutely. You know, um, I have an interesting story when you come back um, in, in reference to something that I went through. And uh, and and it was it was pretty interesting. But the same thing happened. A, a phone call was made prior to me calling in nine one one as well. Awesome. Okay, folks, we'll be right back. Fireland Radio Show. Right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey, folks, I hope not only are you being entertained, but you're being educated. And this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our, get our show podcast at firinglineradio.com or on Facebook, Firing Line Radio Show. And I have Mike Darter, CCW Safe CEO, and I have Stan Campbell here. We're talking about protecting your life, not just not just through the use of a defensive weapon, which we deal with often in training and so forth, but protecting your life in the aftermath of a critical self-defense incident. Now, that could be a self-defense incident where you know you used a firearm, self-defense incident, you used a lawn rake, just whatever it happened to be that you needed. And it's important to realize that, that CCW Safe gives you coverage for self-defense incidents, uh, regardless if a firearm was used or not. So let's talk some more about some of the things, because this is, I think, we can't drill this home enough. We talked, uh, you'd mentioned to me earlier about a, a gentleman who's going through a case right now. Yes, sir. The shoot was clean. Yes, sir. Right? The facts of the matter are bad guy A, good guy B. Correct. No more bad guy A. That, absolutely. And, and and the member did everything he was supposed to. He called 911. He was attacked three times. He was forced to use his firearm. Um, you know, in this particular case, the, the bad guy ran away. Um, our, our member did not know that the, the bad guy went to a location and actually, um, you know, passed on. Uh, so uh, in his interview, he still thought the the suspect was alive, uh, even to the point where he asked for, you know, a restraining order after all this was over and, and did not know that he had passed on. Well, you know, the, the thing about, you know, what I was saying, you know, just previously was talking about, you know, calling 911 and being the first one, because a lot of people believe that, you know, once even if you point your firearm, you know, to defend your life and someone runs away, that uh, it's okay not to call the police. You absolutely have to call them. And I was telling you that uh, there was an incident that I was in back in 2001. Myself and another officer uh, was involved in an incident in which uh, 10 Asian gang members uh, decided to, uh, you know, go through a, a gang initiation 
and, and do a carjacking on this friend of mine. And I was able to be there for him. I, I witnessed it and I ran down to assist. It didn't go well for them at all. Uh, we were able to, to truly defend ourselves. and I, I would love to see somebody try and do a flying roundhouse kick. On <laughs> Stan, for those of you who have never met the, the gentleman, Stan Campbell, sitting across from me, um, he is a human pit bull. The wow. guy's got shoulders, arms, muscles. <laughs> Let's just say it would have been pretty funny. I would yeah. have loved to watch that. It was, it, it was. When it was all said and done, it was really hard for when they saw the pictures of the... It was really hard for them to walk? It was hard said? for them. Not, not just to walk. And it, was, it was hard to view them as suspects and us as victims because we were so clean and, and they didn't look too well. <laughs> But the, the bottom line, what I was going hey, with Forrest, you, Forrest Gump's got that one, right? <laughs> stupid is or yeah, stupid does. Exactly. It didn't go well. But <laughs> what, the reason why I was making that point was the fact that although we called 911, someone beat me to the to the punch. Someone called 911 before, before I did. And they called in and said, hey, a black guy just shot a um, an Asian man. And they saw and they named me as the suspect. Well, officers arrived, although I'm an off duty policeman in plain clothes. Yeah, they don't know that. These officers who actually knew me, but I mean, they had tunnel vision as well. They had information. They pointed guns at me as if I was a suspect. And and you looked a lot like a front sight. Absolutely. So I I absolutely had to listen to what they said and follow their direction so that I didn't get shot myself. But you were expecting that, too. Yes, I was. Yeah. But in the moment, I mean, you're still going through, you, you know, you, it still was a traumatic incident for me, you know, because we're, we're in the moment. It was of only it. 10 on two. Just 10 on two. That was pretty good odds. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, you got to be the first one to call 911 because if the suspect calls, then we see him as the victim. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't know what's what's going to happen on that. So, okay, so online now you have a whole series of videos that deal with this at ccwsafe.com. Correct. Michael? Yes, we just finished the uh, last, which is there's six videos total. Uh, We ran it for six weeks, and uh, if you go to our website now, there's a top bar on every page, and the top bar actually leads to that series. What are the series on? It's it's what we just talked about today. It's the aftermath of a shooting, the sequence of events that follow. Uh, We we start out talking about things that you can do actually before you're involved in, in an incident that might mitigate your risk. Uh, then we go to the incident. If you're involved in an incident, we talk about the physiological effects that you may experience. Uh, we talk about the uh, criminal investigative process. We talk about uh, the long-term effects, um, everything that you, know, you will and uh, might experience after a self-defense incident or shooting. So what do you do with people? Like, let's talk about family sessions, okay? Um, family meetings or or dinners for the holidays or friend gatherings and something. Um, and people want to ask questions because they heard something had happened. What, what do you talk about for those social settings? How should someone react? Uh, if they've been involved in something? Yes. Uh, is that what you're, yeah. Um, you know, we, we generally tell our people, our members not to talk to anyone, um, even family members. That's one thing that's good to have a administrative coordinator there because our administrative coordinator can actually meet with the family and, and they can uh, explain to the family um, what the dangers are in talking about this, you know, especially days after um, it, it, it talking about this and, you know, with their family members and with others. 
they explain the whole process. Uh, this last one we had, you know, the family had no really, they had no idea of what to expect as, as far as a criminal justice system. So our uh, coordinator, who's a former, you know, 26 years uh, with the uh, as a federal agent, uh, you know, he had been in shootings and been sued in court. Um, he was able to sit down with the family and kind of walk them through this whole process. Uh, same thing with media. You know, having somebody there to handle the media for you, because if it's if it's something that is uh, going to be in the media, or if it has some kind of political ties or special interest groups get involved, the media is going to be beating down your door. And it's good to have somebody and there's gonna be pictures handle of, all that for you. There's going to be pictures of kindergartners, right? Mm-hmm. This is the kindergartner exactly. you shot. With Bibles. Exactly. <laughs> and we even, you know, we even have people who are trained uh, that, that we can contract with who, who give, uh, who are PIOs, basically you know, public information officers who are that give uh, that are most of them are police officers themselves or in law enforcement, uh, but they're used to dealing with sensitive information. They know how to get information out. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of things that we can bring to the table immediately after that um, are going to deal with the surroundings. And like you say, with, with, uh, you know, talking to people and, and family members and so forth. So this is a lot of service. Now, you guys do this on a, a annual basis, annual membership? Yes, sir. And what does that typically run? So what's 129 for, for a single member. And then, it, you know, we have dual memberships, and then we have, uh, you know, our, our memberships come with... Uh, now, 129 is non-law enforcement. Public. That's correct. That's, okay. Yeah, yeah, $99 for law enforcement or, or military, and that can be active or retired. Um, and then that, our memberships do include up to coverage for bail bonds up to $250,000. Uh, then we do have, you know, memberships that go up to a million. Uh, that's another thing that we talked about in the, in the videos that's important to uh, look at and understand how bail bonds work because uh, that's going to be a big chunk of change for you if, there are, uh, if you are arrested. Well, I, I you know... I do not have the experience of having to deal with bond issues. So tell me a little bit about that. So you've got standard bond coverage, $250,000. Does that mean that you put up twenty five yep. grand for a $250,000 bail? Yes. And okay. how it works is a lot of people think, you know, if I'm arrested, I can just get out of jail. If you're arrested for a serious crime, say a murder one or even a shooting with intent or, you know, on a, on a self-defense shooting, you are not going to be able to get out of jail until you have a bond hearing. That bond hearing could be a week later. Uh, we, in, in our case of our member, it was set for a month. Uh, we had to, you know, we, our attorneys had to press for a bond hearing, and we, we actually were able to get one within days, and uh, and we got our member out. But w- what happens at a bond hearing is the judge is going to decide uh, if bond is going to be, if, if he is going to uh, allow bond so you can bond out. Correct. Uh, you judge may not allow you to. Um, in our case, for example, if you had a $500,000 bail bond set, then you as the as the uh, arrested have to, yeah, you're a victim, of course, you have to uh, meet the collateral for the bond, which means you have to show 
the the court and the and the bail bondsman that you have enough uh, money, property, assets, etc., to cover the full five hundred thousand dollars if you were to Doing flee so. after your your release. That's right. Once, so so I, I, I need to I need to step off right here though. I want to thank you for being on the show, Mike Darter, CEO of CCW Safe. Stan Campbell, thank you for joining me, Thanks, folks. Sir. If you need attorney service, investigator benefits, expert witnesses, you're not going to find a better deal than CCW Safe. And check them out at ccwsafe.com. Uh, they'll protect your rights. They're protecting mine, guys. Thank you for the show. We'll see you at Rahagi's June third, fourth, and fifth. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.